Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We got Dustin's final podcast. And here's your musical director and your host, <laughs> Dustin Chapin and Anthony Captain. Welcome to the awkward intro. I, I think Jay, Jay needs to write that down. He just just write it down. Yeah, <laughs> I like it though. You know, you know me. I I, I, I love you like awkwardness. awkwardness. I like it too, but I'm going to make fun of it because uh, I like Jay very much. But I'm going to make fun of him. Jay's the best. Yeah, you're just trying to get another show. Um, <laughs> You're on Twitch enough, dude. Uh, welcome to Dustin's Vinyl. Way better than that KO show. Am I right? I'm just kidding. So anyway, um, what? Uh, how you been, Anthony? You been good? You have a good week? What'd yeah. you do? Anything exciting? Did you? Uh, I got I got a haircut your mustache. Today. You I shaved, shaved my mustache. mustache. I got a haircut. a haircut. Oh, you went for bangs, too. I didn't even notice that. Yeah, like I, did a, a sh- I did a shag. You look nice. You look like uh, the lead singer of uh, Night Ranger. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Sister Christian, oh, the time has come. <laughs> you know the drummer wrote that one? Did he really? Yeah. That makes sense. I think I think drummers write the sappiest love songs. You know what I mean? Like uh, Peter Chris wrote yeah. Beth. Like, uh, that's all I know. <laughs> no drummer has ever written another song, I don't think. I think those two. Bill Collins, he two. must have written some. It, oh, he, yeah, he wrote a bunch of shit. Well, I think his solo work was him. I think he wrote. Yeah. I don't know about Genesis, but what did he? Uh, Invisible Touch. Ugh, he must have written. Invisible I don't like. Touch. I don't like Phil Collins or Genesis. I can't do any of it. I uh, that Invisible Touch album my my mom had when I was a kid. So I, I just remember hearing some of those songs growing up. So I know yeah. it's they're lame songs, but they they just have a a place in my heart. Yeah, I mean he's a good drummer, I think. But you know, yeah, he I don't is know. a really good drummer. And that uh, still the night. I think I'm just pissed off that that still the night thing became like this folk legend, and then it came out that he saved the guy, and the guy was in the boat and a thing, and he's, he didn't want to save him. He took him to the concert, and he sang the song to his face, and it was this whole. And it was all just bullshit. And I just got mad at Phil Collins for creating this thing in my head that I thought was real. Oh, I didn't <laughs> know that there was a whole story. You didn't know that? Oh, that was yeah. a regular old song. Sure, Adam heard about it. It, it. it was like a thing where it was like. Here's the deal. This is what I heard as a kid. I'm, I'm paraphrasing the whole thing. This is whatever. It's just, it's like, here's say bullshit anyway. It's kind of like uh, Richard Gere with the gerbil. You know what I mean? Like it's oh, this yeah. thing. Do, did it happen? Did Or did just idiots just come up with it? And we all started saying that it happened. So apparently there was a guy on a yacht and Phil Collins was on a yacht. And, and uh, Phil Collins sees the guy on the yacht and then he sees the guy drowning, but he can't get to the guy because he's too far out. But the guy in the yacht just smoking a cigar just watches him drown. <laughs> so this is how he came up with the song, right? And this is those, you know, I can see you, you know, coming in the air. It's like the, if you if you think about the lyrics, it'll match up with that story. And so hmm. the whole thing was 
that he found this guy who watched the guy drown and he invited him to a concert, a Phil Collins concert, had him had him on the front row and then sang the song to his face and then like flipped him off or something. I don't know. It was like something <laughs> and we were just as kids. We we're like, I can't believe that. And that's all we talked about was every time we heard the song, you would tell the story. He would hear the song. He would tell the story. And it was just this fucking ridiculous thing. Anybody in Twitchland, I know you're all like 14, but did anyone <laughs> hear this story as a kid? I heard it many, many times. I never heard it. If you have another folklore story, let us know. We got, uh, what, the, what was the other one? Rod Stewart. Uh, they had to, he had to pump his stomach of too much semen or something. Oh, I did like, hear that, that one. <laughs> That one I heard. One. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one doesn't go away. You don't unhear that one. And uh, the gerbil thing was ridiculous. The gerbil I, thing I'd heard. Just, uh, I don't know. I think that was like fake news before there was fake news, I guess. Well, I guess there's always been fake news. Huh? How about that moon landing? You know what I mean? I don't know. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I was uh, I was on the road a little bit. I was, uh, was in Springfield, Missouri. Ooh, Springfield's and, fun. Uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't call it fun, but uh, <laughs> it's a place. Well, I had a good show in Springfield, so I'm like, oh, yeah, I love this place. I yeah. don't remember actually doing anything else. Yeah, I could see them liking you there. Um, they're kind of like, they smoke a lot of weed and stuff. Um, but they're uh, <laughs> they're kind of, they look like you. I always say there's two looks in places like that. With the men, they either look like they grow their own weed or they're a football coach. Like, I feel like that's oh, the yeah. two that's the two looks in a place like Springfield. But uh, we went there and then we went to Kansas City. And uh, I had the best barbecue I've ever had in my life. Like, I feel like I don't know if you've ever had barbecue where you just you, you just you're trying to eat the bone. It's so good. <laughs> like, it's, I was like non on the bone, like a fucking Rottweiler. Yeah. Like, uh, Kansas City. Um, Arthur Bryant's is the best barbecue I've ever had in my entire life. Arthur Bryant. And I am from the state of Texas. And I feel like I still. Yeah, that's it, it that's was, high praise coming yeah, from you. I think Texas probably crushes brisket, but I think ribs are going to go Casey. And, uh, you know, that kind of stuff. But it was good, man. It was uh, it's a cool music town. You know, they got like a lot. Of, we went to like a blues brunch, that kind of thing. Oh, nice. Kind of nice. Eat chicken fried steak and eggs while some dudes on a tuba. You, know? <laughs> <laughs> you see somebody that look cool on a tuba. You never you never really ever see that. It's hard but, to do. But I, this dude looked cool playing a tuba, you know, because to me, tuba is the out of shape, you know, band you know, the guy's member of the band, marching band, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's like out of breath. It's always the one that's like when they're running, like he's, he's like about like five <laughs> behind, like he can't keep up because he's got that this thing's heat. heavy. Well, that yeah. thing's gigantic. And they're usually heavy too. Cause I think yeah. you gotta be heavy to play it. Like you gotta have this, <laughs> you gotta, I can't imagine being skinny playing a tuba. Like you couldn't play a tuba. I don't think so. You would, you would suck yourself <laughs> in that thing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's a skinny guy instrument, the guitar, you know, it's like, like a couple, a couple big guys play guitar. Like BB uh, King was pretty big. Oh and he, yeah, and he played guitar, but not too many. Not too many heavy guys play guitar. No, mm-hmm. they usually switch to bass as they as they get bigger. Yeah. Speaking <laughs> of bass players, uh, we was, was it worth that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Just let me have a bomb joke and then I'll get the rim shot. You're hilarious. You'll be like, segues, I get that. How about that weather? What time is it? Okay. 
So we lost a great uh, bass player from one of my favorite all-time bands, uh, ZZ Top, one of the best American rock and roll bands of all time. There you go. That's all I know from that Dallas, one. All I know is Dallas, Texas, Hollywood. <laughs> I ain't asking for one. Lord, oh, take yeah, me yeah. downtown. I'm just asking for some tush. <laughs> and then they have another one that's almost the same kind of riff. It's like... <laughs> this is this shot dress man? I think so. Oh, <laughs> I think so. <laughs> <laughs> Women yeah. go crazy by the shot dress man. Nice. You know, I just just learning him. Back shoes. I don't know what I'm gonna do. Nice. So, Joseph Michael, uh, better known as Dusty Hill, was the bassist uh, and lead backing vocals for uh, ZZ Top. He also played keyboards. And, uh, yeah, he passed uh, this week. I believe it was this week, 28th, I think. And, um, yeah, yeah, he was great. And I have quite a few um, ZZ Top albums. Uh, This is one with uh, Tush on it. This is is a perfect album. This album is phenomenal. This is it's the, a cool uh, cover too. I like that. Cool cover. It's uh, uh, you know, what is it? Digello. I don't even know what it's called. Digello. 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 And uh, it's got a thing. I thank you. And it's got uh, what else is that? Cheap, cheap sunglasses. This is a great song. Every song on here is great. This is like one of those albums you just play all the way through. You don't have to pick up the needle. It's a really good album. And. Then you got one that's not as good, but it's still ZZ Top. So it's like, uh, it's it's interesting though. It's this one. This one's kind of funny. It's like a uh, funny cover. It's, <laughs> this is, uh, is this, which one is El Loco? This is El Loco. And uh, yeah, I mean, some of the, you know, they got uh, Tube Shake Boogie and, you know, it's kind of, I don't know what else is on here that I like. Don't Tease Me is pretty good. But uh, Party on the Patio, like it's good. It's just kind of like, you know, I don't know. It's like sometimes you like a band, even when there's stuff that's not as good as the another album. It's still, still, it's still them. You know what I mean? You get to hear the guitar licks. You still get the kind of the the vocal. And them as a trio is one of the best trios of all time. You know, I think there's very few great trios. You know, I think yeah. there's Stray, Stray Cats, there's ZZ Top. You know, um, who else would be a great trio in your opinion? Like a good three man band. Uh, I mean, I loved uh, Green Day. I loved is that Nirvana. three man. Well, they uh, were. All three men. Nirvana well, now, three I mean, men now, too? Huh? Nirvana, Nirvana was, three, was three until their last tour. They added Pat Smear. Oh, okay. I got um, you. And then Green Day was a trio um, until they started playing arenas. Now they have uh, some extra. See, that's some pussy shit. Because ZZ Top was three all the way. And yeah. so was uh, Straight Cats and stuff. And then this album pretty much changed the 80s. And this was... Uh, ZZ Top, it's got uh, "Give Me All Your Lovin," "Sharp Dressed Man." Oh yeah, uh, legs. Like this is this is one of those. That's you know, the one. 
Yeah, this that's is the a one. cool album cover too. It's a cool album cover. It became their logo, this car. It ended up in all the videos. Yeah, it was just a, a really kind of a groundbreaking and, and also a launching moment for them because it's cool when bands are like good and like have like a blues following or whatever and then they pop, you know? It's just like very few bands get to do that, you know? It's like, like even somebody like Stevie Ray Vaughan never popped like this. And no, so like uh, even like the, his brother, who was in Fabulous Thunderbirds, I mean, they kind of had, had a little more popularity on, you know, uh, MTV or whatnot. Um, but Tough Enough, I think, was their big song. But anyway, this is, uh, it's cool. They're a Texas band. Uh, Dusty was born in Dallas as well. So I relate to that. And ZZ Top always seemed like this, you know, they were just a little too cool you know, for Texas almost like they were just beyond like that Texas honky honky tonk bullshit. Like it was just this real kind of bluesy music. Like if you close your eyes, you wouldn't think that it was just three dude, three white guys, you know, like they really had a great sound. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and I loved that. And the video stuff too was great. Just watching because when MTV came out, they, they were on major play. It was, uh, oh yeah. What was yeah. the one where the, the guitars spin? Uh, gotten, uh, that might be sharp dress, man. It might, I don't know. Oh, I, I think like, it is. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, think I it's feel sharp like that makes sense. Yeah. Cause they're yeah. like furry guitars. And yeah. Yeah. Like spinning and they're playing and then it's, and then yeah. it spins while it's on them. And then what was cool about them too, is like this era of music was a lot of keyboards, you know, it was a lot of that synth stuff and Devo and that kind of stuff, which is great, but it was, you know, basic rock and roll. Yeah, that's what ZZ Top was, and so you know, Dusty Hill, rest in peace. I never got to see ZZ Top. It was one of those those bands that I wanted to see, and I never got to see him. And I hate that. Somebody. That's yeah, and I think they were supposed to do a tour. So they were about to go on tour. Yeah. Yeah. So that's always sucks. I mean, I guess they could fill in with a guy and it'd be fine, but it'd be weird to have some other dude, you know? So yeah. like, a dude without a beard, just like. <laughs> yeah, the <laughs> only dude without a beard that's allowed in ZZ Top is the drummer. Drummer. He's got a mustache. Like, yeah. yeah, and his last name is Beard, right? Is it? Oh, that makes sense. I think so. Unless wow. it's a different guy. They, well, they did have a drummer. What's the irony of that? <laughs> well, That's that my favorite been... thing about ZZ Top is that they had a drummer with the last name Beard <laughs> who didn't have a beard. Oh, that is funny. Did you say it was a different drummer? Because I think it's been the same guy for, yeah, Frank Beard. But it's been the same dude for a long time. I think it's original, right? Did they have I, some before him? Is that what you're saying? I don't know. I uh, I, I, I never really... I think uh, it's these three. It's Billy Gibbons, yeah. Dusty, Dusty Hill, and Frank Beard. Okay. I think that's what it's always been. But, um, yeah. So get you some ZZ Top on vinyl. There's some stuff that doesn't sound that great on vinyl. And I'm starting to learn that. Like, it's, it's like, like I'll be in a record store, and I'll be like, hey, I'm going to get that. that I, that's from my childhood. That's a cool album. And then I realized it's not something I would really listen to on vinyl. It's not something that would really come through the speakers in a way that I would be happy I paid what I did for it as opposed to just listening to it on Spotify. And yeah. certain certain records, certain bands I'll, I'll, I'll buy on vinyl. And this is one of them. Allman Brothers, uh, ZZ Top, anything pretty much with a saxophone or bass or, you know, kind of. Oh, a, yeah. I'll always saxophone. buy jazz. I always buy jazz on vinyl because i think it sounds a little better but zz top sounds great it's just you can hear it you know it's like that i think it has a lot to do with the three man band because it's not overproduced so it just sounds yeah better. yeah they you know? yeah there's not like uh it's not like blue oyster cult with three guitar players or whatever <laughs> filling up all the sound yeah you know some of that stuff it's like you know sticks on vinyl i'll pass you know? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the Eagles. Where is he? Where is he? Where oh, is boy. he? He's not here. There we go with the um, fucking Eagles. Well, we're going to break where um, well, that doesn't exist yet. So you can't you can't get that on me. I'm not I'm not. <laughs> 
I'm I'm neutral with the whole the whole Eagles thing. But um, before we get into Eagles, I guess you know what? Maybe I'll wait a second and t- bring in. We'll bring in. We'll bring in one of the co-hosts, and then we have another co-host coming. But he's I guess he's performing at some gig or something. So uh, so welcome, Dustin's Vinyl, everybody. I'm bringing my co-host. Come on, play him in. Play him in, Anthony. Let's do some ZZ Top. Oh, oh you want the ZZ Top? <laughs> yeah. Well, go crazy by the shop, everybody. Hey, guys. What's up, buddy? How's it going? Good. Just having an awkward beginning. That's what we do here. <laughs> just, just an all over the place, non-prepared. That's always what the best way, though. <laughs> I, I think so. People over prepare too much. People like loose and crazy. Well, you know, uh, at the top of the show, you were talking about uh, urban legends, and we got one of the yeah. viewers here, Happy Mischief, says the Munchkin suicide in Wizard of Oz is a fun one. Oh, what's that? Oh. What's that? Uh, and if I if I remember, it was there's a one of the scenes with Dorothy and the Tin Man and the Lion and Scarecrows. They're going down the Yellow Brick Road. If you look off in the distance, it looks like something is hanging. Ah, and they yeah, said it was yeah, yeah. one of the munchkins committing suicide. Oh, wow. <laughs> but was that real or was that? Uh, no, no, it, it was uh, it was a prop that was just kind of loose or hanging there or it was like mm. a bird or something. It was it was it was debunked, though. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, I, it is always funny when things get debunked. It's more fun for them to you to think that they're actually real, right? Well, that's yeah. like the the, uh, the in the air tonight one they were talking about. I remember hearing about that, but you I did I, right. Yeah, you I heard, I heard yes. about that same thing, and I thought it was real until maybe a few years ago. Yes, but... I. Th- <laughs> <laughs> I, be, I yeah, <laughs> it's just crazy that we would think that that was real. Yeah, and and the, um, so Eminem in Stan even references the whole story about uh yeah okay. about phil collins signaling the guy out of oh, the oh yeah, yeah, yeah that's right that's right but uh but yeah they so phil collins did an interview and he just says about the song he's like i don't know what the song is about he's like i don't even know what i wrote <laughs> phil and I just like he should just he should have yeah. just owned that urban legend it just sounds so much more interesting <laughs> It's like, I don't know, dude. I just like came up with some lyrics that rhymed and right. I just wanted to play some drums. I just yeah, wanted, like, I, I wanted a big solo. Yeah, yeah that's all he I started wanted. with yeah. the do, 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 do. And he's like, I need a song for this, right. I guess. He's like reading a shampoo bottle. He's like, well, that's how the fucking uh, Traveling Willowberries, if you watch that little mini doc, they were just looking around the room and writing songs about oh, yeah. Cheeto bags oh, yeah. and shit. They, they were just like, do what's you, that over there? And just start reading something and start a whole song on it. Do, yeah, I think do Bob you, Dylan was barbecuing. It was. <laughs> yeah. You know how they came up with the name Traveling Willowberries? I do, but tell us. Oh. Well, it's less fun if you don't know. Okay. <laughs> well, it was. Tell our like, viewers. Tell our viewers. <laughs> our three uh, viewers. Tell them. Well, in the studio, whenever there was a, a take that didn't sound so good, if there was mistakes or, or something, they would say, we'll bury it in the mix. And that's oh, yeah. where <laughs> Will Berries came from. Nice. I like that. I, I didn't know. I just wanted to act like I did. But. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't heard that. I knew it was something weird like that, but I don't know what it was. We cut co- we covered that album though. It's a flawless album. So for, yeah. for oh you did that. That's to a, able to, yeah. yeah to be able to put that together the way they did in a short amount of time is pretty phenomenal. And it's kind of the swan song to Roy Oberson. So it's like some of his best work was on that album. So so cool. Yeah. Yeah, he was great on that. Yeah. He was only on the first they did two, right? He was only yeah, on the first was, one. Yeah, he died before the second one. 
death. Death sucks, right? Yeah. Just ruins, be- uh, you know, second albums. <laughs> <laughs> And tours, you know, <laughs> so many tours that should have been. Yeah, I just I don't know. Anyway, so this next guy died that we're going to talk about, but he <laughs> he left a great great body of work, and um, the one of the arguably one of the I would say top five comics of all time. There's if you if you've challenged me on that, you know nothing about comedy, and uh, I feel like this is a comic that. I went through some transformation, you know, it was a comic that kind of didn't find it right away, um, was kind of a little hokier than he ended up being and a little kind of more character than he ended up being. And I think, uh, you know, a comic that just um, if if you do comedy, he's a guy you aspire to kind of have the the edge that he has and the. Oh my God, the best rhythm I've ever heard in my life and the best kind of flow and the best kind of just being able to repeat uh, details to, to bits and things and word use and just all kinds of stuff is the great George Carlin. And <laughs> George gets a guitar riff. Okay. Yeah. He deserves it. Give us a little, give a little, get George, little George solo. <laughs> yeah, <that's>, uh... <laughs> Hippie dippy weatherman. A hippie dippy weatherman. Yeah. <laughs> wow, we should really prepare more before the oh, show. I like it like this. Just <laughs> yeah. whatever happens, just a stream of consciousness. Mm-hmm. All right. There he is, George Carlin. So this album, You're All Diseased. You are all diseased. And I had the pleasure of actually seeing this special live. And, wow. Uh, I got to see George Carlin live probably about five times, if I can remember. He was somebody that I knew that I had to see. He was getting older. He was the, the pulse. Every time I saw a special, I saw him work out specials. I saw him perfect a special. And then I saw two live taping of specials. I saw That's this cool. one and his very last special. And um, it was just incredible to watch this guy work. And uh, this special, I believe, was at the Beacon. And uh, it was phenomenal to watch him just kind of, you know, just take topics. And I always say, if George Carlin did a bit, there's nothing left. I feel like if you have an idea of the premise and George Carlin did the bit, then he did all of it. And he just... just (laughs) No meat left on the bones. There was nothing left. He would squeeze this this thing. And and that's what's so amazing about him. I think the closest person we have that is probably Bill Burr or something, but still... George was another level past that. And uh, George is one of the great all-time greats. And um, this special is, you know, it's interesting about this special because George, before this special, um, George Carlin was considered edgy and raw and stuff, but he hadn't quite gotten to this point on the way it is on this album. And I was reading an interview, I believe it was in Vanity Fair, and uh, George Carlin was talking about... um, Chris Rock's special, Bring the Pain. And he said he heard, he saw that special and he realized that he had to go further. He said he saw this guy, Chris, he, see, he saw him kind of going in hard on culture and stuff. And he's like, I got to work harder and I got to. So it's so cool to me when like artists are inspired by other artists and, and you see the end result. And because that's why it's it's such a cool thing to know all the different, you know, different artists that do this because you could just, you know, see and watching the special, you could see where it's influenced a little bit with kind of what Chris Rock was doing. Because before Chris Rock, nobody was going that hard for a while. I mean, Kenneth 
Jefferson and all those guys had had passed. So it had been some time before there was somebody going in. You know, Bill Hicks had been dead for a while. And so it wasn't a lot of guys coming out. So when Chris came out and then so Carlin came out and, you know, with this special and um, it's really a phenomenal, phenomenal piece of work. And I remember being there and he's just going in and I, so many, so many funny moments that just still make me laugh when I was re-listening to it. You know, I love the cigars. You got a big brown dick in your mouth, you know, and, just, <laughs> and like, fuck the kids and like, just, you know, making for the children. And so it was really funny in the beginning because the beginning is uh you know airport terrorist security this is 99 and 99, like you know yeah. right before 9 11. so it's interesting because it's like he's just kind of going in ah there's never been a terrorist there and so it's like yeah it's so but, funny what but he was right they didn't use bombs no they didn't they didn't they didn't do it i just say it's it's just interesting when it's like you know it just when you hear this stuff before a major tragedy yeah. and also the stuff about the germs which is yes. you know another thing with with now so it's interesting to hear these things and then hear it later or whatever but uh yeah it's just really such a perfect album in my opinion as as of the time and a lot about 80 percent of it holds up some of it's dated but i think 80 percent of it is still you know you could say today and you could really bring it yeah. in because people are we still have fucked up kids we still have we're over we're over you know over parenting them and all that stuff and so i just really love it and i was i remember being there when he says and it's such it was such a defining moment in my life when he did the thing about if there's a god strike this audience down and i'm part of that oh, laughter yeah. and so we all <laughs> laughed we were like holy shit that's so fucking funny and so it's like and just to know my laugh might be on that album so i'm pretty excited about that but uh and that's all the stuff so cool. about religion and god and all that was such a such great stuff and i remember george carlin was the guy that i would watch him and I would see him perform and I would be a better comic after. He's the only comic I can say that about. I would see him and just be like, holy shit, I'm doing this all wrong. And then I would go home and I would write something that was a little more heavier and meatier. And it would, I would just be a better comic. I wouldn't try to be like him, but I would try to take further, push the envelope a little further. And then I uh, had the pleasure of meeting him once. Uh, Got to uh, talk to him for a little while. And, um, you know, we were all as a book signing. We told him we were comics. And so he spent about 15 minutes with us and everybody's pissed off. You know, like took us over kind of in a corner to Barnes and Noble and started talking to us. And he said, ask me anything you want. I'm a comic or whatever. I tell you, I talked to him about censorship and stuff like that. I said, you know, everybody tells him to be clean. He says, don't, don't you dare be clean. You just put your, you put your finger in their eye and you keep on twisting. It's something like that. He said to me, just fucking put it in their eye and just poke the fucking eye out. Like it just went off and we were like, ah. It was like, you know, it's like meeting the fucking being a guitarist and meeting fucking, you know, Eddie Van Halen, you know, it was great. So it was just a beautiful moment. And, you know, just such a great, great, great comic. And I think this is one of his top three specials of all time for sure. And uh, I just love everything, especially if all of us remember what it was like in this time. Yeah. And it's, you know, it really he really captured it. And I think that's what a true artist does. He captures the time, a uh, piece of time. And he definitely did. And you're all diseased. George Carlin. Right, yeah. Anthony, talk to me. What do you think? No, I, I, I agree. I think he I think this is like peak angry George Carlin. You know, it's like yeah. he's he's perf perfected his his angry persona by this point um but i don't think that like you you put on an album that was recorded in 1999 and he opens up talking about airport security i'm surprised by how well those bits hold up 
because that should be automatically unlistenable after 9-11, but it's, yeah, it's not. Well, yeah, well, even last week when we were, you know, with Ellen DeGeneres talking about food on the airplane and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, some of that stuff is just, I don't know, you have to look at it in a bigger way. But yeah, but he but that's how good he was, that he could yeah. do something that something yeah. like 9-11 could happen. Yeah. And yeah. those jokes still work. Yeah. I mean, you can't bring a knife on, but yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. You can't bring a knife anymore. But yeah. You, uh, yeah. I guess that's, yeah. They they did step up. the. I, I, but it is funny that he was complaining about security in 99 and now, like, well, well the best line to- ever. The best line ever. Who packed your Who packed your suitcase? Carrot top. You know, like shit. Like <laughs> so fucking, so fucking funny. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But uh, but yeah, it's you know it's it. yeah I loved it too. And you know and I you know it's funny. I've always gone back and forth with with. I felt like George Carlin never did like a personal album. You know, he never kind of revealed who he was. I mean, you saw a glimpse of who he was, you know, he loved dogs because his dog would die. You do a whole bit on when dogs die, you know, a little bit about his marital life and a little bit about his drug habits and things that he went through and overcame or whatever. But you, you never got like a, a Richard Pryor recording. You never got like this strip, strip it down kind of thing. It was always these perfect kind of, you know, just observational rants on society and cultures and the system and, and the government and things like that. And so it was just, you know, it's, it, it's, it, it is, he's still a kind of a mystery, you know I mean? It's funny. Yeah. I, I have his book, but I think part of me didn't read it because I didn't want to know all these things about him. Like he was like the superhero comic, you know, like I didn't want to know that he was like fucking diabetic or whatever. Like I didn't want to know any of that shit. Well, like, you know no, what I mean? I yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, no, I, yeah. I, I relate to that. Mystery. I, I think- most of my favorite comics are like that too. You know, it's, it, Carlin is up there and uh, Stephen Wright and Mitch Hedberg and people like that. It's like you leave the show, not really learning anything about what's, you know, their personal experiences, but just how they uh, think about the world. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I feel comedy is not really headed that way. Now I feel like now everybody's a storyteller or at least tries to be and like more biographical. And I think it's important to talk about yourself when you're a comic. It's important to get, that makes you a good comic. You know, like if we, if we didn't know about Louis CK and his daughters, if we didn't know about, you know, all these things from certain comics, you know, their specials probably wouldn't be as good as they were. And so anyway, Louis CK, sorry guys, don't, don't, (laughs) don't, don't cancel me. I still think he's a great comic. uh, He just announced a tour today also. <laughs> yeah, she's doing two nights at uh, MSG at the uh, the theater over MSG, there. MSG, okay. Yeah, next week, him and Cosby, or just by himself. <laughs> <laughs> That's a question for you, Twitchers. Do, what, do you think that Bill Cosby and Louis C.K. should still be able to do comedy? Do you think that they should still be able to grab a microphone and talk and do comedy, or do you think they should totally just go away? forever because of their transgressions. I'm curious. When does the art, you know, when is when is it about the art? When and when have people paid their debts, you know? I think, you know, if someone has paid their debts, you know, do they get to do art again? You know, that's a that's a question. Mm-hmm. If anybody's going to come at me with that, but if you I would be curious about it. And also if you have any George Carlin, you know, uh, references or talk. We would love to hear about George Carlin. Why, why was he so great? Or what's your favorite George Carlin joke or something like that? It would be great to hear. Uh, Adam, what'd you think about this album? So, uh, yeah, so George Carlin's one of my favorites also, especially in the 90s. Um, 
I was I, I saw him once and it was it, it must have been during this tour because it was December of 99. I saw him oh, nice. over at the uh, Morristown Theater. And I mean, he was at his peak at this point. This is th- this whole album. I, I mean, I think it's I think it's pretty timeless. Um, there's not there, there's a few things, maybe the TV tonight, the, uh, you know, some of the references there, the the advertising lullaby that that maybe don't hold up as well, but still just the yeah. rhythm, the flow of it is it's, it's still, um, you know, still a snapshot of the time. It's it's just absolutely a brilliant album. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, I love it. It was good. It was funny. I saw him work on, I forget if it was this album. I don't think it was this album. I think it was the album after. And he was in Vegas and he walked about 15 people. And uh, he, you know, it was great. He had his, uh, had his notes on the stool and he was just kind of, it was one of those workout uh, sets. I mean, that's the thing. When you're George Carlin, you work out in fucking Caesar's Palace, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Your open mic is, is a fucking auditorium. Crazy. So, and I think it was, it might have been, but it was this bit. It could have been this album because it was about religion. So mm-hmm. he's going in on religion and then these people got up and he started yelling at them as they were, it was the greatest thing ever. He's just yelling at these old people that were storming out because he was doing Jesus bits or something. And he's like, and then he just was like, don't you know who I him how did you not know right. this yeah. is what i do <laughs> yeah, how really? did you not know this and he's just yelling at him i mean just going it's like this because anthony knows you know you have those comic anthony's have quite a few of them but you have these comedy meltdowns <laughs> and you just like you have, <laughs> and you just lose it because people are so stupid and yeah. you're just like can't believe that these are the people we have to entertain sometimes, but to see that the level of Carlin and that he still had to deal with idiot crowds. And when he's at it the peak, ends. he's at the peak. I mean, you'll get bigger than Carlin. Yeah. And then he still had to deal with assholes walking out on him because they didn't <laughs> like his fucking reference of material. And it was just yeah. like, it was really, it was a humanizing moment for me. And I was just like, ah, man, so I can't get all freaked out when somebody <laughs> walks out of my clan bit. I mean, look, this guy doing this freaking, you know, this is masterful comedy and they're still walking. So, and yeah, then you're, and it lets you know it never ends because yeah. he's not only he's famous, so he's been doing it at, at that point, what, 30 years, yeah. 35, 40 years, probably longer than that. Yeah. He was, uh, <laughs> and he's he still he's dealing with people that somehow don't know the kind of comedy that he's signed up for. Yeah. And I do. <laughs> yeah, they really don't. Uh, Adam, do we have any any chit chat? Uh, yeah. I mean, we have. You know, some of the viewers saying uh, best of all time for me or uh, timeless with great insight. Um, let's see. So with the Louis C.K. and Bill Cosby stuff. Um, got one of our viewers saying depends on how bad the crime and can you pay the debt? Um, OK, one guy went to prison and <laughs> another dude lost 30 million. <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yeah, that was kind of a vague response because we, I mean, I'm asking, do you think? I mean, it's these two guys. So I'm curious. 
I mean, I, I mean I, I'm curious to see Louis CK's show at, at the garden, see what kind of material yeah. he has. And yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think those of us in the comedy community knew that he was kind of a piece of shit. We just didn't talk about it. Cause we were like, we didn't want to get back to him, but it was definitely something that circulated. Yeah. Oh, he was a little weird. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I, I, go ahead. Oh, he's here. What, Anthony? Um, I had probably heard about some of that stuff, uh, you know, around about a year or so before. Yeah. Uh, he had to publicly acknowledge it, but I'm sure that people that were even you know, more successful people in, in those circles must have known for a really long yeah. time. Well, I didn't, I didn't like Louis, not because he pulled his dick out. It's because one time I gave him a tag and he looked at me like I was a peasant for giving him a tag and then he used it on Conan. He's got a Yeah. I was like, dude, like he literally looked like, okay, buddy. And then he fucking used it. I was like, you dick. You couldn't have just given me a little love. I would have, you know, it was so funny. Such a like. What's up, Jeffrey Paul? In the house, yeah. kind of sort of in the parking hey lot. Where are you, buddy? Yeah, I'm actually, I'm actually on a golf course right now. Uh, I just <laughs> nice. got to doing a. Set. Oh, here we go! Oh boy. I told you, Mr. <laughs> Big Time. <laughs> yeah, didn't I? I, I, do we yeah. beat? Oh no! Yeah, <laughs> you're having a little bit of an internet problem. I told you about that. Dustin uh, knows. Nobody listens to me. Uh, <laughs> they don't have right, again, free Wi-Fi yeah, on that signed, golf course. I, there we go. I did him. There we go. No, I did. I, I checked in with the Wi-Fi. I even did a test run with um, Adam before. Yeah, we hey, did you're this. good. Anthony, you're I good. love the I love the look. By the way. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, you look like Borat, man. Like a like a rock and roll <laughs> Borat, but you look great, man. He looks more like a young Kelly LeBrock, the one who married Steven Seagal. No? <laughs> so what do you got to <laughs> I, I never got that one before. I'm looking at I'm looking at Dustin. <laughs> what? Dustin what? has like a tan. He looks healthy. You look right? healthy. Like right? you, I know. I'm yeah, happy. I'm happy. This life. is what happens when you, you leave New York. This is what happens. And you, you know, you don't book a room and you leave New York. This is what happens. You, you, well, just, you get, you get, you get, get your younger life and better looking. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. You're my favorite person today. There's going to be no fighting with us. I'll tell you that. Hotel California is the best album I ever, ever heard. That's right. <laughs> That's right, Dustin. I really don't think you look good, but I just need someone on my side for this. Uh, this guy will fuck you, overrated Eagles. <laughs> We're so fickle. We're so fickle. We're the fickle, pickle crowd. All right, bring it in, Jeff. Nah, you we don't do have much great, time. Man. We got 15. Bring it in. What do you got? Uh, all right. Okay, yeah. So I just wanted to talk a little bit about the Eagles Hotel California album, which I think is one of the all-time great albums. I mean, it, it comes out in 19... Uh, 76 and it is the classic um uh lineup of glenn fry on guitar joe walsh this is joe walsh's first album with the band okay he just came over from james gang uh don felder who actually wrote the music he wrote the song hotel california and my favorite song on the album victim of love uh randy meisner so this is before timothy b schmidt who came over from poco who sings all the highs this is before he comes in the band and Don Henley. 
And this is an album that was, it took about eight months to record. And Henley did it on purpose and he wanted to release it in 76 because remember 76 was a bicentennial year. And the album, he kind of, you know, if you look into the words of the album and what the album is really about, it's kind of cryptic. It's kind of like a microcosm of how the United States was at the time um, between success and excess. And uh, he had an extremely pessimistic view of uh, the country. Um, a lot of people think it's a, a concept album. It's not. But if you're going to say there's a theme to it, uh, maybe that theme is Paradise Lost, you know? Um, and it, also, this is a very, very different sound of prior uh, Eagles albums. And I think a lot of that has to do with the influence of Joe Walsh coming into the band because he replaces Bernie Ledden, who was like one of the original members. You know, when the Eagles first started, they were a four-piece. They didn't even have Felder. And he was a really more of a country Western uh, writer. So the Eagles' early songs, like, you know, uh, Peaceful, Easy Feeling, Take It Easy, have that country uh, sound to it. Hotel California is different, and a lot of that has to do with Joe Walsh because he brings a heavier sound to the Eagles while, uh, what's his name, Fry uh, and Henley still maintain their pop. It's a great album. I mean, the title track, Hotel California itself, um, written by Don Felder, uh, beautiful acoustic lead-in going into the electric guitar, um, almost has a, you know, a Caribbean rhythm to it, uh, very cryptic uh, 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 words to it. But I think what really stands out on this particular song uh, are the classic uh, dueling electric guitars between Felder and Joe Walsh, who are both phenomenal players in their, you know, in their own rights. Um, I don't know, Henley wrote the lyrics and, you know, weird words like, what is colitis? You know, you know, there's the smell of colitis in, in the air. Uh, this could be heaven or this could be hell. Um, also, one of the, uh, the lines uh, stuck it with their steely knives, but they just can't uh, kill the beast. That was actually a reference to uh, Steely Dan, who was a big influence on uh, Henley as a writer. So... It's it's a it's a it's a great track to start the album, and then it goes into a great country rock song. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now, open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. Oh, doing so good. Great country rock song. And, um... Uh, <laughs> yeah, he is good. And... Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. You're almost done. You went out. You went out a little bit. Yeah. Keep going. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, J. J. D. Souther, uh, who wrote, helped write a lot of the Eagles songs, uh, did write that song. Um, I think, you know, I don't want to like be bogarting this whole thing, but I think 
it's an interesting story. And I think it's this album and this particular story that kind of leads to like the bad feelings in the Eagles. Uh, and the song is a uh, victim of love. And it was, you know, cause Fry would write a song and get to sing on them. Um, at the time, uh, Bernie would uh, write a song or, or Randy Miser, he would have a song on the album. Um, he sings one of like the, the real pretty uh, songs uh, on the second side. Felder, you know, uh, not Felder, what's the name? Uh, uh, Don Henley, great singer. Felder wanted to sing and he wrote the song Victim of Love. And he was told that would be his song. Okay. So uh, they record the music of it and it's a great, great rock song. And the Eagles manager takes Felder out to dinner. When Felder is out to dinner with the manager, you know, Henley goes into the studio and sings the lyrics. And that's what they use. And that was supposed to be Felder's wow. song. And he is pissed. Like they did this, you know, they did this like, you know, like behind his back. And it would be the manager takes him out to dinner and and, and to, yeah. to dinner tells him this is what's going to happen. Yeah, you know? it's a shitty he move, him, man. You know, it's a shitty move. It makes you not want to listen to the Eagles because they did that. Um, like among this. other reasons. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Life in the Fast Lane, I think, is the best song on this album. Yeah. I love that song. I think that's a song that that's a song. The beginning of that song, Joe Walsh. I love his voice. Actually, he's my favorite one. I just I did the other two too sappy. They're too sappy for me. I like Joel. I, you know, I like Walsh's kind of rock voice. I think it, it's uh, you know, Life in the Fast Lane is just such a cool song. I think that's definitely. I think that's one of their best songs mm -hmm. ever. To be honest with you. My yeah, that, that one's not. It doesn't really sound like the Eagles to me. It's almost yeah, like a Steve Miller band or something. Yeah, it has its own kind of sound to it. It's a, that's why it's a, it's a separation from like that typical Eagles sound. That's I think that is also why I like it. Yeah, and this uh, is a great but, band. But this like, is a gr go ahead. I was gonna say, but much like, but much like Dust in the Wind. Um, <laughs> It's it, it, that that opening lick was actually um, a practice that Joe Walsh would warm up to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, well, a lot of this is in the documentary. Like it was in the documentary. They talked about all this, and so that's a great documentary if you get a chance. Uh, the Eagles documentary. Oh, it is it's one of the top documentaries. They talk about all this stuff that uh, you're referencing, and I think it was great. Um, you know, I just feel like uh, the Eagles had a problem. And the 70s and the 80s and um, with over being overplayed, they're another band that are victim, victim of love, victim of over radio play. And um, I think that's why a guy like Anthony probably is not into the the Eagles is like, you know, it's old man music that was overplayed. And that's kind of what the Eagles problem was. I also feel um, their departure from the Eagles was. I don't know. I feel like they are also a victim of the eighties. I feel like I hate all the eighties solo work that they did as separate artists. I just, I feel like they had the talent to be a better band moving forward past the seventies. And they just kind of went this weird kind of eighties MTV route or whatnot. And uh, yeah, I feel like what, there's a lot of <clears throat> used talent that was made this band very successful and interesting. There's a lot of wasted talent that kind of made this band kind of uh, softer and not as cool as they could have been. You know, I think they could, like, been, they could have been a little more, you know, thin Lizzy and they, you know, mm -hmm. they could have, they could yes. have been that and they went in another direction. You know what I mean? You didn't like uh, Henley's uh, solo work? No, not really. I like Boys of Summer. I think that's a good song. Well, 
I don't. New York, it was New York just minute. end of the innocence. He was, he was, dressed, right? he was dressed like a, a private eye and stuff. I'm just. I wasn't into that. I was more into twisted sister Wait, shit. Was, yeah. Why was he dressed like a private eye? I, was, that, was, that was Glenn Fry. <laughs> oh, Glenn Fry. Whatever. They're all the same to me. Yeah, yeah, that's the Glenn Fry. Glenn he, Fry. Remember, he was in a. He had like a detective's my, hat or some shit. Because he was in Miami Vice. <laughs> yeah. yeah right. You belong to the city. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I knew, it was. I knew there was a, a detective somewhere. That was that. <laughs> well, let's get to the. Let's get to what our, we've all been waiting for, Anthony. So, how do you feel about the Eagles? <laughs> This album and defend your answer. Talk to me. What do you got? I just so I agree that they are all very talented musicians. They can all play. They can all sing. They're wonderful. They just make some of the most uncool music I've ever heard. <laughs> and, what's, what's uncool, Anthony? Uh, Hotel California is possibly my least favorite song of all time. <laughs> Overkill. Uh, I, I, maybe that's it. Um, it's catchy, but I, I just never want to hear it. Um, and I, I, it, there's just, there's some, there's something that is like, sounds repulsive to me about their, I just hate what they do. And maybe it's because I grew up listening to, um, you know, like punk rock and stuff. And like the Eagles were considered one of the most uncool bands mm -hmm. they that's how they sound they they don't they didn't sound contemporary to anything that was happening when i was growing up getting into rock and roll so i i just don't i just don't like it there's the sound of it just um there's and it was overplayed the fact that i mean if i put the radio on now hotel california will probably be playing uh, <laughs> At some point, I, it'll come on. Right. <laughs> At some point. I just Adam, don't ever want to hear it. Adam, how do you feel about the Eagles? Are you kind of in the middle, or how do you feel? Yeah, I'm. I'm kind of in the middle. I never really, never really got into them. But uh, one of our viewers, uh, Chaz Site, says, uh, "Does anyone under forty know who they are?" <laughs> there we go. <laughs> well, I'm under forty. <laughs> Barely. Um... <laughs> They, they uh, sold out three nights at Madison Square Garden <laughs> on this tour. So, well, people live longer these days. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, people that appreciate good music go to good concerts. Would you no. say that they are overrated? No, hmm. I would say not at all. Little, I would say, I, yeah, I would say they got what they that what you know the value of what they are. They got all the accolades from it. They they had their Grammys, they had their huge success, they had their huge tours. So yeah, I mean they they're definitely not underrated. They you, you wouldn't say they're underrated, would you? I hope not. No, underrated. Okay. No. Okay, that's the first band no, that think, you like that you have assessment. Yeah, they did get the Grammys. They yeah. rock and roll whole thing. You're right. Well, so did Pat Benatar, and you still think she was underrated. So I think that's that's not always the bar, Grammys and success, because I've heard you say she's, that about really successful people. She's completely underrated. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, well. Pat Benatar needs to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. She uh, should be. It's just a building. Jesus, is she not? Guys. No, she's not. It's just a no, building. Who not. cares? No. All right, whatever. It's and still get on that tangent. Yeah. Anything else from the Twitchers? Yeah, we got uh uh Ida Lich says nobody's sampling their music for modern day collabs, says a lot about it having its time, but it's over. Wow, mm, that's a good point. 
people are going in hard on the Eagles. Yeah, I th- I think also they they kind of especially nowadays they slide into um, the yacht rock category. Yes, I, I think but, what also would hurt the Eagles is. Um, you know, the Eagles football team is the shittiest football team in the world. So <laughs> it's the worst fans. So they throw batteries at fucking other teams. They're the worst fans ever. Really a Super Bowl. The Jets won a Super Bowl. What does that mean, Jeff? <laughs> they, the Eagles won a Super Bowl two years ago. <laughs> you know, I, yeah. I hate the Eagles. So don't, don't get me trying to defend the Eagles yeah. football team. I hate them. All right, I was trying to do a joke but, there, but way to step all over it. Way to step all over it. Thank you, buddy. Way to step on that punchline. I thought, I thought we all did this together. For the course. I thought we were, yeah, that we were in a comedy foxhole together, but I guess not. We're all doing our own life in the fast lane. Okay. Maybe it's his internet connection. I think it's his internet connection. He, gets, he, he doesn't let people be funny That's with that internet connection. <laughs> uh, we also talked about uh, two. We talked about Dusty Hill from ZZ Top. Yeah. Um, Jeff, when you were uh, yeah. you were out doing yeah. your show, and uh, these are some albums that I have: Eliminator, Diablo. Oh, you got Eliminator. And I got uh, I got them all. Yeah. yeah. It's this one. This one's really bad, but it's still fun. It's uh, what's this one called? El Loco is really bad, but it's still it's still great because it's it's easy to. And then we talked about George Carlin. We talked about you're all diseased. And do you have any comments on George Carlin or his that's actual album? I mean, George Carlin for me was like everything growing up as a you know liking comedy. I mean, the uh, the baseball football bit. I mean, was the first exposure I think I've ever had to stand up. And I just, I just thought it was amazing. I, I can't believe how, how it still stands up and what a great deep thinker and what a great writer he is. I mean, yeah. for me, Colin, Colin is the benchmark. I, I, nice. I absolutely adore him. Yeah, he was great. Well, that was, I think he did that bit on Saturday Night Live, actually. That was his opening monologue. He did. He did that, that on there. Made, and I think that's he was where I may have seen it. And I think he was coked up. But uh, I think he talked about it. He talked about it. He said he was coked up when he did that that monologue. But uh, George Collin is great. Um, and the Eagles, you know, I have the album, so I'm not any better. I'm not trying to pull an Anthony and say that I'm too cool for the the Eagles. You know, I have the album. I'll listen to it. I think the greatest the Eagles' greatest hits is one of the best greatest hits albums. I think it's a perfectly put together album. I think it has like all the good songs and and I could jam with some Eagles. I'm not one of those guys that hate the Eagles. But I do feel just they remind me of you, too, where I feel like they got overplayed. Yes. I used to I used to be into them. And then the more they got played, the less I liked them because I just I just wanted to hear something else. And so I think that's why I listen to a lot of jazz and other things and blues, because, you know, I don't hear in a, when I walk into a Rite Aid. <laughs> oh, I'm not going to hear Coltrane when I walk into to get my, you know, Advil or whatever. Rite Aid. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> I also do not care for you, too. Yeah, yeah, well, I can see why. And I and it has a lot to do with, you know, and and you kids out there. I mean, you, you just because somebody's old does not mean they're not good. Um, so don't just not like the Eagles because they're old. There's some good, good old music. And so there's a lot of great bands that you probably you're. Parents don't listen to all shitty music. They, your parents, <laughs> your parents have some good musical taste, and uh, you know, there's definitely some good stuff. Well, look out at there. Uh, look at Fleetwood Mac. How Fleetwood Mac uh, took off recently. So the Eagles just need yeah. to have a TikTok video, or yeah, that's pretty much don't, it. No, they, no, they, no, they don't. 
or, they don't Bill, need that. or Bill Withers, you know, like he did a yeah. commercial and they use his voice for a, com- or a song for a commercial. Now that's people are into Bill Withers, which he was an amazing musician. And so, yeah, um, Jeff doesn't like Fleetwood Mac. So it's yeah. like, it's like, you know, uh, yeah. yeah, I think it's uh, I Eagles Fleetwood or Mac. Fleetwood Mac. You're either Eagles person or a Fleetwood right. Mac person. So oh. I think you're an Eagles guy. I'm more of a Fleetwood Mac guy. So I get it. If I, I have to choose, I pick Fleetwood Mac. Yeah. Well, you, got you have the haircut. You, you have the haircut. You, you have the Steve. <laughs> Is this the Stevie Nicks? It's very Stevie Nicks. <laughs> very, makes sense. Uh, all right, Adam, what's new coming out? What do we got? Well, we had a couple of big ones last week. We had um, we had the Prince album, uh, Welcome uh, to America, which uh, we'll have to we'll have to check out soon. We got to cover that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had yes. uh, we also had uh, the sophomore album from Billie Eilish, Happier Than Ever. Nice. Which uh, I started listening to. It's it's very laid back. It's it's a little bit more. It, it's That's her. Surprise. Yeah, it's her album about superstardom, and it's it's good. It's it's not as good, I think, as the first one. But yeah, you know, I think it's I think it's one that'll. It's an album that'll probably grow on you, though. Yeah, the first um, album was good. I enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, I thought the first album was great. Yeah, and the I, Prince. I the Prince that. album is going to be interesting. Like I, yeah. I started to listen to one of the songs, and then I just kind of, I was like, I'm going to wait and get the album and kind of listen to it from like top to bottom. I wonder, you know, it's funny because it's like, you know, when somebody releases music from an artist when they're, you know, they've passed or whatever, it's like you wonder, if like, like I have like, it's kind of like this, like I have jokes that I've written and whatever, and I'm like, ugh, I'm not gonna, you know, be like somebody just finding the jokes that you didn't want to do on stage, and they're like, hey, here's this joke he wrote, and you're like, maybe I didn't. <laughs> want everybody to hear that joke so, i think with prince he just started making all this music and recording just oh, let me just push record just in case and then everybody's like here's his new album of shit he probably threw away mm-hmm. so, so this is from the vault this is yeah, like this is totally unreleased oh okay it's all brand new music because um, he, he he was putting stuff in in the vault since the 90s at least yeah. i've been hearing yeah. about it's a double yeah. album whoa yeah, i think they're doing with 200 hours of unreleased music still in that bowl yeah it's wow. gonna be great so he this must is have a, categorized stuff you know he must have probably had a, a a yes and no pile at least yeah i mean you know but one of the best things i've ever heard from prince was the cassette releases of uh, uh piano and coffee it's on spotify and it's just basically him with a piano and he does some he does like purple rain and some of the other songs oh yeah but it's just him and a piano and they're phenomenal the, that was what his last tour was wasn't it i don't know yeah or i think so yeah he had, the big, he had the big thing yeah that but was this supposed was, to yeah i mean people were raving this about is, that but stuff. apparently they found cassette tapes it was just That's him cool. just like by himself playing and like had him with a boom box you know nice. just playing so yeah i think we should cover that album at some point maybe next week we'll all talk figure it out guys but that would be a good one to cover yeah um fritz so very cool. Thanks for tuning in from De- from Delaware. Is that where you are? Where are you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, Dewey Beach, Delaware. Dewey Beach, Dewey Beach. All right, very cool. Well, thanks for uh, tuning in with us, uh, Jeff. Even though you're on the road, being awesome, doing comedy, and uh, you know, don't be so hard on the Eagles, kids. There's a couple of good songs. Don't let Anthony. Not, you can't just you can't just listen to Sex Pistols and Ramones. You gotta you gotta you gotta you gotta have some other stuff in your life. You gotta have balance. 
a few Eagles greatest hits. Get the Eagles greatest hits. That's what I would recommend. And uh, thank you for listening, guys. Check out our Facebook page and our Instagram and all our stuff and follow us. And let us know if you want us to cover an album. All right. That's, thank you for listening to Dustin's Vinyl. Anthony, why don't you play a song? Play us out. All right. You want to hear one of mine? or just Yes, one anything? of yours. One of yours. What do you got? Okay. Uh, let's see. Here's one that I will play right now. This is on my <laughs> album, which is called Cats Using Toilets. Nice. I'm a powerful superhero, my only weakness is everything. My arch nemesis is human interaction, that's because I am anxiety man. Mind races faster than a speeding bullet. Panic more powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap to conclusions in a single bound And I don't do well in crowds I'm a hero paralyzed by fear So who's going to rescue me? I need a trusty sidekick to take it from here Oh look, there he is now It's Depression Boy Looks like my work here is done. That's how you end a show, everybody. Thank you for listening to Dustin's Vinyl. You guys are awesome. Bye-bye. Yay. Bye-bye. <laughs> When you make decisions for your company, you always look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing and shipping to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your process to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, books, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart if you sell online. Schedule package pickups through the dashboard and automatically see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers with rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are, even on the go. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other business decision makers with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com, code PROGRAM.